0: Hello, everyone. This is Nick from Polycore Records, and you are listening to The Paradise Arcade.
1: The Paradise Arcade may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade with Eric and Kyle. Thanks everyone for tuning in this episode. We've got a, a special guest, um, someone that uh, I've been making contact with, and we've we've kind of like crossed paths a lot of times through various things. Um, so I'm excited to talk to our next guest and uh, and talk about his very interesting history and his um, his work in the Synth community. Nick from HollyCora, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Um, we've been e- kind of circling each other a little bit in the in the community and, and different things, and, and crossing paths. So, uh, and we've struck up a you know a little bit of a conversation thread, and kind of built a rapport over time. And, and so, I'm excited to have you on and really um, get to know you and your story. And um, so, thank you for coming on. Of
0: course, I'm happy to touch on all the details you want to know about.
1: (laughs) And I think it's really, I like having um, people that are in the community doing the important work, because a lot of times uh, running a label or an online community or those things, they're really, there's a lot of labor in things that go unseen and unheard, and I think it's important to have folks like yourself on to talk about the work, because I think there's a lot of times where consumers um, take for granted the effort and the passion. They just don't know. And it's easy to complain about something being late or whatever it is. And um, they just don't realize that there's not necessarily a lot of money. And most people are working another job trying to ship out stuff or work with artists and make connections. And it's a lot of work. So i to say thank you first and foremost.
0: Oh, you're very welcome.
1: (laughs) Uh, So can you take us... um, just from the beginning with Polycora and how you got started
0: with that? Absolutely. Um, it was, it was a while, it was a little bit of a while ago there, uh, 2016. Um, and I'm kind of young in the community, I think by and large, I'm 22 now. I was 16 back then. Um, I started the channel, uh, you know, I was, I was in high school and, uh, You know, I was kind of, at that point, I was very, very much into Comtruce, And it did come from my burning passion for Comtruce. And, uh, you know, one day I was looking, uh, you know, through some of his uh, Discogs. I was looking through his website. You know, I've heard on YouTube plenty of his unreleased tracks. It really blew me away. And I was thinking, wow, these aren't released. These are just somehow scrounged up from the depths of the internet. I was thinking, wow, there must be more out there you know and uh i was looking through his website and i did find a couple there and that's how the channel started initially i decided wow well these are some cool tracks that i have not seen before um i'm going to go ahead and upload these um and that's what started the channel of polycore i think i initially called it comrade as a um (laughs) name for a com truce fan not very very politically correct at the moment is it but Um, that was the name I gave it initially. Um, and so from there, I just kind of only did com um, you know, deep cuts from his website or elsewhere, not nothing that he would have put out through ghostly. Um, and that was like the first few months, maybe even a year of the channel. That's incredible. I
1: I'm really ignorant. I didn't even realize that there was all these other non-ghostly things in the world that he had released. I and I consider myself a pretty big Comtrus fan, so that is, I feel kind of stupid right now.
0: Yeah, um, he's. I mean, he's had multiple aliases, um, and that's also some some of the stuff that I dug into was uh, his previous aliases before he was uh, signed to Ghostly. I mean, he had Airliner, which is by far my favorite. Um, I would say really cool um, sort of definitely on the IDM side of music, uh, making use of even more kind of hip hop wonky beats that early Comtruse kind of, you know, still had at the time. Um, And just really crisp and fresh, I would say. That stuff is my favorite um, besides the Comtruse works. Um, I think he had Saren Sunday, which is a very uh, ambient, down tempo project that i think resembles a lot of boards of canada um he also had let me think there's um system Uh, i think that he was doing drum and bass with that stuff and uh, that was that was pretty interesting definitely way off course from the rest of his aliases and then i think he had another one called nostalgic music foundation which was kind of from what I can tell, a combination of Sarah and Sunday and airliner, just it was kind of in between in that area. Um, and so I kind of dug into some of that stuff as well for the channel. Um, but I think I, I i started mostly with with the Comtrus works, which um, were either not on his catalog, kind of buried somewhere on the Internet, something like that.
1: Wow, that's really I mean, that's cool. And that's a labor of love. And and that kind of goes back to my point of like curating and looking for all this stuff and putting it out there for people like in one spot, you know, that's, um, it's a labor of love for sure. How did you expand
0: beyond the calm truths then? Uh, yeah, uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, this was a time in my life where I was really, uh, Kind of a newbie with electronic music um i used to not like electronic music <laughs> which is kind of funny to say um and at that time i was really kind of getting into it you know with fresh ears a fresh set of ears um Com Truise was the first thing that caught my attention and really hooked me and um, while i was digging for some of his stuff i was also coming across his computer cast mixes which Featured some artists, I think, like Tycho or Night Moves or uh, VHS Head. Um, I think um, Lauren is, I think, maybe one of them, or was it Lone? Sorry, it was Lone. I discovered through them uh, those computer cast mixes. So I kind of uh, branched out into listening to some of that stuff and discovered those artists' catalogs. So it kind of branched out from. Um, what Seth was putting in his mixes and, uh, kind of promoting with that. And I started uploading some of that stuff. And, uh, that was kind of the next stage where I moved past only uploading comp And then how
1: did you get to be a proper, you know, label like a music distribution place? Right. Um, and then you you moved into physical things as well, releasing physical music So the progression really makes sense. And it's interesting. Um, I can speak very similarly to that kind of getting initially hooked and interested in something and then kind of wanting to just keep going down the rabbit hole of what that looks like. And then I guess another question for me is, um, did you see something missing and you felt compelled to fill that void?
0: And you're asking about, um the the label
1: label and putting music out because it's a you know it's one thing to curate a you know list or music it's another to be like now i'm gonna distribute and
0: and turn into a a record label right i absolutely saw a gap that was exactly how it started in fact um and this kind of does tie back to my uh roots in the chilson community and my interactions with artists and even doing some of my own production work um What I saw was that most people were really, um, you know, fed up with most of the uh, uh, distributors out there, um, like DistroKid, that's a very popular one. And I saw a lot of people also just wanting to make music and not want to worry about the logistics of things. And you know, I spent so much time looking for something to give people and say, hey, this is a great distributor, this will solve your problems. And while there are some out there, they're, they do not work with artists of that size, which in the Chilson community is on the smaller size. And I thought, wow, this is really not fair, is it? And I thought, well, I think I could do something better about it. And I had a few friends that produced music and we got together and decided to start a label. Um. So I've had people like Electronic Visions who's a great friend of mine, uh sticking by my side since the beginning and he releases music through me. And my goal with this label was to actually fill the gap of what these smaller artists were really missing in uh what they were getting for distribution.
2: So it's kind of like a combination of being a want and a necessity all kind of rolled
0: into one thing. Yeah, I would say so. Um, There was just always something missing in each distributor. And a lot of people tended to kind of combine two together or use two at once to kind of make up for the inadequacies of the other one.
1: Did you have a, a background in this or did you,
0: or did you have to learn all this stuff on your own? Uh, I picked up everything as I was going along with it. Um, I think when I first joined that community, especially when I first started Polycore, I had no idea about the music industry at all. So I was really learning um, a lot. And I did learn some before starting the label, um, so I could feel comfortable with starting the label. But I have been learning quite a lot even since then. I suppose it could be, you could say
2: it's a lifelong learning experience you're never going to know everything right away going into it absolutely yeah i agree and it's like where do you see yourself going from here w- with the label
0: um that is a, a really good question um i'm i'm seeing that there's opportunities to kind of do more with it um provide uh maybe publishing for artists or better promotion things like that because we've got kind of the base down for what we really need um and i think we just probably need to expand and i'm really looking forward to also doing vinyl releases Uh, uh my life is kind of in a transition period at the moment so i'm not too keen on it right now but i think uh in the future um I definitely be, would be looking forward to doing vinyl releases um, and probably more cassettes also.
1: Yeah, cassettes seem to be like the happy middle ground of collectability and affordability to produce.
0: Yeah, they're, they, they are way cheaper than vinyls to produce and they're still kind of a cool item that people think is very... Uh, um, I don't know. Nostalgic, I guess, is the word. It's it's an analog format that's still around now because um, of the community and the people that uh, support the artists and music.
1: So you, and what I'm hearing is that you clearly have a, a larger um, goal and vision for what you're trying to accomplish and you're clearly very inspired. Um, are there other things that you are working into that are not necessarily related to polychora. I know that like, you know, from our show, we've got nitrowave TC and then we've got our own record label and we've, you know, there's, it just seems to like keep growing and building because as you say, like there's a want and a need and you know, um, it's just, it's interesting how that all very organically grows.
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Well, I mean, I I don't have anything on mine that's completely unrelated to Polycora, but um, you know, I am looking into um, long-term trying to work with some uh, friends in the music industry in that community to come up with just a better um, distributor um, plan for every artist out there. Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of people that agree, like I started the conversation about why i started my label a lot of people agree that there's not something out there that's really good enough uh in all areas for artist growth um so that's kind of something outside the label but definitely related um because obviously i can't i can't support you know thousands of people or millions of people um, with the label it's it's its purpose is to be curated to some extent right um but that is a longer term goal, goal for sure um yeah, that's about, that's what I can think of right now.
1: I'm curious what maybe some of the roadblocks are because I'm a little ignorant of of that side of the, of the business of distribution. It seems to me, just from my vantage point, that it's money. <laughs> if you want distribution, you want visibility, you need to have someone with money behind you. Um, I see a lot of people who are extremely talented hit a lot of, roadblocks because they don't have a machine behind them, putting them into the, into the world, if you will.
0: Right. yeah, And that's a big problem. That's uh, why a lot of the good distributors, uh, require, or only work with artists that do pull in some cash, some real cash. Um, Um, but some of the roadblocks for doing that are probably beyond me at this point. I, I, it's really in a, um, Brainstorming stage, Uh, I think it'll probably get into the startup stage, maybe next year, later this year. Um, It's really in its very, very um, early beginnings. Um, I can imagine a lot of the roadblocks would have to do with just having those networks and connections with the actual uh, the stores like Spotify, Mm -hmm. Um, the the idea, though, is to automate as much as possible and not sacrifice so much on quality, um, to keep operating costs down. Right. Um, because a lot of the, uh, reason that these sort of invite only distributors only work with artists that bring in money is they pay for really good people to be their support and their manager. Um, but we're looking to take the angle of Something like DistroKid, but just better, I guess, is the best way I I can put it. Kind of getting a flashback to
2: like the Wild Stallions problem. You know, It's like, how do you get Eddie Van Halen? Well, you got to have a cool band in order to get Eddie Van Halen. But how do you be a cool band? I mean, you got to have Eddie Van Halen first. (laughs) Right. the, The damned if you do, damned if you don't type thing.
1: It's an interesting. I really admire uh, just your going at it and trying to figure it out because that's that's how you innovate. That's how you um, kind of break down some of these barriers. That's how you think about like Bandcamp. Um, Twenty years ago, they would have been laughed out of the out of the room for that kind of business model and what they were doing, and now they're one of the. I mean, they were just bought by Epic, which we'll see how that plays out, but they are the main way that independent artists at the moment can reach their audience and make money. And they, at least for now, aren't vampires sucking, you know, every nugget of profit out of independent artists.
0: Right. Um, yeah. And, and kind of one of the ideas is um, we have a community of people that want something better and that's, a great place to start if you wanted to start this business.
1: That really is. Do you have like a, a a mission statement in mind? Kind of an an operating mindset that's a little more concise.
0: Um, I don't think we have something super concise at the moment. Uh, a vision. Yeah, a vision. Uh, we've we've sort of. And by the way, the I'd say I'd say the guy in charge or the guy ahead ahead of all this is Aaron Demolder. Dr. Mulder, I'll call him doctor because he's about to get his doctorate. Um, uh, he's he's really, that's, I think he's probably the one that's really trying to push this and I'll help as much as I possibly can. And I really support his vision and it's something we came together on. But he really doesn't want um, to be in it for the money. He wants to be in it for providing the best possible experience for artists and minimizing as much middlemen as possible between the artist and their revenue streams.
1: Yeah, that's hugely important. I think, um, it's, it's an interesting and noble, uh, way to go about it because it's the middleman that gets all the money in really kind of any type of industry and to try and cut the, to be the middleman, but then also not to like be in it for the money. Um, it's really noble. I think it's a good cause, and um, I really hope that that, that comes through because obviously this scene needs it. And I think you know a uh, way to get exposure to artists because, like, I, I think the the perfect example of someone that needs exposure that you're trying to help with is Demon. Um, fantastic music just needs exposure. Needs to get his music out there. And once people hear it, they go, Oh shit, this is really great.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing the best I can to help him with that. Um, I, I've it, it is, it is very interesting to see, um, how there's so much talent that's buried, you know, and that's kind of where polycore started. I was digging up talent so to speak, you know, that was buried. Um, That's kind of what I I've just been doing. there's a lot of really interesting stuff out there. Um, And the purpose of, of, of that project is uh, not necessarily to expose more of it. Although I think it'll have maybe a side effect within the community of of that. Um, But really it's just making it as easy as possible. And um, because artists at the end of the day, most of them just want to make music and share it with people as easy as possible.
1: Right. And not even want to think about any of the other stuff of it. And I I think that's a pretty common um, thing where I see artists who could be doing better struggle because it's a whole other mindset. Being creative and being like a promoter are two different mindsets. And I find that... (laughs) you're kind of either good at one or the other and not necessarily both. And it takes a team. One of the things I've grown to appreciate about, again, this community and music business in general is that when you have artists that succeed, there's usually a team of people behind them, helping them uh, pull forward, push forward. And that's a lot of effort and a lot of uh, labor on, on other people's parts to help an artist and you really have to believe in them to really, uh, put that energy in and not really get anything out of it yourself.
0: I really couldn't agree more about the team aspect. Uh, that's another thing I noticed and in other areas of life, it's great to have a team, you know, it's, uh, you've got more power that way. Um, you can make a bigger impact. Um, and I think, um, yeah, doing things on your own as an artist, uh, when you have no idea about what you're doing um, in terms of promotion and um, release strategies and things like that, uh, it's a lot harder to make an impact. Um, I, I can see that the, the thing that we're working on could potentially help with that in some ways. Um, maybe we could bundle some tools into the software at some point, although we really just want to focus on the the basics right now to get started yeah
1: i i think that's probably the smartest thing is is get the the main thing the main goal out there and in, in live and then and then enhance it as you go on as the thing uh starts to gain momentum because you only have so much time in a day and so much energy and you you know you can't wait on something forever <laughs> to, before it's perfect to to put it out into the world
0: Right, yeah. And the most important thing is really uh, filling the gap that we're really trying to fill, and starting with a solid product that can do that. And uh, uh, we'll be investing more money to make it even better and expand the feature set.
1: So you're you're a person that is has their hands in a lot of jars, so to speak. You know, you've got your record company that you have, and then also being the owner and the operator of the chill synth discord community and and then with this other project so you're really really well integrated into this scene and that that's got to take a lot of uh of mental time for yourself right
0: oh yeah that's yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean it's i think it's just that my motivation and passion that just keeps me going with it but it's certainly a lot of work you know taking into the taking into consideration that i'm in college still and after that i'll have a job you know i got other things going on but that's that's been my passion uh for the last you know four or so years is the whole discord community thing um and then polycore of course um chill synth is really I couldn't have asked for a better community, I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's an... Chill. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I I sort of discovered by accident. I didn't realize it was sort of a separate thing from Synthwave. Something I kind of stumbled into. Um, and it's a really interesting, uh, like, sub genre of a subgenre almost. Mm. And I don't even know if you could even... Kyle, I'm going to ask your opinion. Do you feel that Chill Synth is a subgenre of Synthwave, or is it its own thing entirely?
2: better uh, to put me on the spot here. <laughs> uh, my knee-jerk uh, response would be I would say it's part of Synthwave. Um, but True, you can look at it kind of at its own thing. Um, I would say Synthwave in general is pretty chill. Just as a whole. But, I mean, going further down the rabbit hole, thinking about all the other different sub-genres that you can throw in there and other artists, some people say, well, that's Synthwave. That's definitely not Synthwave. It's I. I'm going to say that my final answer would be Synthwave sub-genre. Okay. How, how do you feel about
1: it? Um, It's complicated. Because I think Chill Synth, along with, like, Calm Trues, um, fits in a really weird position in retro-inspired music, where, like, it doesn't necessarily have any of the hallmarks of synthwave uh, other than maybe using some synthesizers but it doesn't have any of the tropes necessarily right it and so it doesn't have like the song structures it doesn't have the the, the compositions it uses different um textures so it's one of those weird in-between things like com trues is probably the one of the biggest inspirations for synthwave in general but he himself i don't necessarily know fits comfortably within the genre itself. It's a weird...
2: That being the case, the whole reason I'm into Synthwave is because of an artist that isn't a Synthwave <laughs> artist. Because uh-huh. True* was my my introduction into all of this as yeah. well. Yeah. And how I got my start. Exactly. So it's
1: weird. It's a weird... <clears throat> and I think, Nick, you've been working on um, a better fit for that style of music.
2: DataWave.
0: Oh, you're right, right. Now we're getting there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you how what's your how do you feel about this? What's your opinion? How does this get in? Are you are you fighting to make it something else? Or do you accept it? Do you get mad if somebody says, hey, this is synthwave?
0: Um no, I, I don't I don't get mad if people call country synthwave. I um I just feel that there's the, the reason I really initially came up or I did not come up with that. Um we'll get to that later. The reason that I'm using the term data wave um, I feel is that there's a, a small handful of artists nowadays that are sort of taking from that uh style and expanding upon it. Uh, the likes of Demon or Clyde Shelton, um, those kind of artists that are doing stuff right now and I think it needs its own little bubble to call it something.
2: Now, my question is, when do we get to the point where everything is just going to go back to being called electronic music
0: again? (laughs) Um, It's it's really I mean, that's a really interesting question. You know, um, I think as time goes on, genres become less defined as artists become more experimental. And at some point you'll just say it's electronic because it was produced electronically or digitally. And then you'll say, well, this artist makes this kind of music, which sounds kind of like that, but it's unique. So I'm just going to call it by the name of the artist. And I just think at some point that might become a more useful way to call music. Um, but at, at right now, I think some artists do fit in a certain bubble of what I am calling data wave now or synth is certainly a much bigger bubble.
1: Very interesting. These, these, we could split hairs. Infinitely, and I'm sure that everyone in this community has their own opinion of of what is and is not a particular thing. And I, I don't necessarily ascribe so much to like being rigid with with labels, because I think it's dangerous to say like this thing is definitely this is what this is, and it's it's definitely not this other thing. Um, I I get. I th- my sense with like Chill Synth and Synthwave is that the label of it is more about the sense of community and not necessarily the music. Like people are really like where as like a, a tribal like thing. I'm part of the Synthwave tribe and you're, you're part of my tribe if you're in this thing. And so we have these symbols, you know, the vector, the sun, palm trees, whatever is sort of like a shorthand for, to identify a community and then it obviously expands from that point. Um it's just it's really interesting. I find it interesting to talk to people about it and maybe people that are a little more rigid, not as much of a fun of a conversation.
2: Um I'm sure if somebody's listening to this now they're going to be rolling their eyes or throwing their hands up in the air <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah, they're
1: getting mad. And it's interesting cuz like I know that like Hotel Pools does not consider himself synthwave in any way at all. He's just I think he's more like, I'm
2: electronic music. Oh, going back to electronic music now.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's a totally fair uh, thing to call his music. Um, I think touching on the points of of Chilsynth being more of a sense of community than a genre does make sense because we started as a community. It was not called Chilsynth before we started, and that's kind of where the name came from. Um, and we don't discriminate against genres in there. We allow anyone to make anything and post it. And we're like, you know, that's cool because I, and other, many others, uh, have taste that goes beyond just chill synth, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, uh, but the community is really, yeah, it really is what ties us together. Um, and there are times when people are like, uh, I'd like some recommendations for so-and-so genre and we'll be like, oh, Okay. Um, and sometimes genre names get confused because, um, prior to Holmes, music, uh, chill wave is what a lot of people call it still, um, chill wave was not really exactly in that realm of things. Um, so it does get confusing sometimes, but uh, yeah, there's no, no, no use in being super rigid about it. Uh, it's chill synth is our community and people have started just using that because it makes more sense.
1: It's so fascinating how things grow and evolve. Um, I, and my own opinion changes as time progresses because um, it just seems like if like I've tried, like I have struggles trying to explain this to people that are not in this community and what the distinguishers are, what is in this thing and what isn't in it and what you should listen to or what is, you know, like I was talking to my boss and he's like, he knows that I run uh, nitro of TC. Um, and he's like, well, who is the artist? If I'm going to get into this music, who's, who should I listen to? And I'm like, well, fuck.
2: <laughs> yeah. Good luck with
1: that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. There's so many, like there's so many flavors and variations of, of that thing and moods and people, you can get really granular with what you're trying to um, explore musically uh, that it's hard to be like, well, you definitely need to listen to this, and and then there's some argument that people say like there's been no synthwave since 2012, and that everything from this point forward can't be considered synthwave because some arbitrary bullshit rules that it's only those initial first artists like Laserhawk and and. Um, all those guys—that they're the synthwave people.
0: I—I'll I'll be honest—I never heard that one before. Twenty twelve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, you know it's just going back to who you talk to about it. Yeah, there's—you talk to someone
1: in this community. There's going to be a different opinion.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that—that that is very true. There's, yeah, people come from different uh, places uh in their music listening journeys you know they think a certain way other people think another another way and uh then they kind of come together in the community and you know it could get confusing like that but um yeah i think it's uh music will always evolve and the synth wave from 2012 and earlier will not be the same as it is now or else that would be really boring Mm -hmm. (laughs) How would you
2: even go about suggesting an artist to someone? I feel like you have to ask, you'd have to ask a lot of qualifying questions first.
1: Hey there, TPA listeners, Eric here. Sorry for interrupting, but this is the part where we do some shameless self promotion. And we'd like to give our sincere thanks for listening to the show. And we are just as surprised as you are for listening. But since you're here, we'd like to highly encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And, of course, for all things The Paradise Arcade, you can also visit us on theparadisearcade.com. Please like, share, and review our episodes. We like interacting with you. We like to hear your feedback. What's your favorite part of the interview? What you thought was interesting? Who we should get on the show next? Those are all important things that we'd like to hear. And the last thing, if you really like the show and you want more and you want to contribute, you could do something for us. You could find us on Patreon. You can contribute as little or as much as you want. On Patreon, you'll find some exclusive content that we will continue to update. Mostly, we just want to say thanks for listening. We appreciate you. So let's get back to it.
0: What's up,
2: everybody? We're listening to Paradise Arcade try and get an idea of what they know are like, and then go from there. What a nightmare. I, could, I couldn't... I don't think I could do it. You know what? I just had the thought. There's more variety
1: in this community of, of music than probably most others. Like, let, let's just go rock. Suggest to me a rock band. Well, you can spit off a bunch of them because they're all very... They all explore a similar thread. You've got an electric guitar and you play at a certain tempo and a certain uh, song pattern and, and you work within that essentially. And that's, that's what you have. And it's more narrow in that way. And I am being generalistic. So please don't would give me hate on that. But then you switch it to like heavy down tuned and like harder than you've got heavy metal. And that's a, you know, subgenre of rock music. Um, but in a way, like, there's so many other waves and different things and it's not just by the the kind of music but it's also by the era of when it's produced
0: as well 2012 yeah. synth wave 2012 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um i think uh yeah that rock is certainly more um, confined i think I think what gives all of these wave genres or electronic music in general, the variety is just that, you know, it started with just experimenting with uh, analog synthesizers and there's really no genre restraints on synthesizers. You can do whatever you want with them. And it's exploded, you know, yeah. in the past few decades.
1: I'm going to make a bold proclamation. This overarching genre of music is the synthesizers uh, potential come true because there's so many things being done with synthesizers um, and it's this front and center. Whereas like in the seventies, when they came out, it'd be cute Boston in the background to have a little synthesizer. It would be like a little neat trick to
2: have involved or it'd be made to sound like something else. B movie sound effects, right? Uh, <laughs> here's a sound no one's heard of before throw it in this terrible sci-fi movie exactly now it's like that with this
1: music it everything that it can do becomes the star of the music and when someone hits on something that's really um yeah captures attention or is really interesting then we get into these now we've fractured off into waves or you've got the calm true sound or the hotel pool sound or the perturbator sound or whatever it is. And it's all based off of they're using synthesizers a very specific way that becomes really like uh, iconic to them in a particular sound as a, and it could be totally different than, well, I got this guitar pedal and it sounds like this or I play guitar this way and it. You know, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. And that's, part of the reason why it's really hard to figure out the lineage of all of these genres and uh because i mean people people mix genres left and right you know every day you can mix non-electronic stuff with electronic stuff and uh it's just become more of a cloud and not really a tree at this point
1: i that's that's a very good uh i think description just this blob it's all there floating around
0: yeah, and, you know, you want to listen to something cool, uh, randomly click in that cloud and see what you get. <laughs> <laughs> so let's loop around to the, uh, the
1: Chill Synth Discord. You are the owner and runner of it now. You didn't start it, um, but can you talk about your history with that channel and, and how that came about?
0: Uh, sure. Um, originally, the server was started by a producer known as Admo, uh, you may have heard of him. Yes. He does make the music uh, that the community kind of represents, Chill Synth. Um, and, and he and um, a few of those artists that were kind of getting exposure on Electronic Gems came together uh, and decided to create a community, um, which became Chill Synth. And, uh, you know, at that time, I, I didn't know about it. I was running my own server for the Polychora youtube channel um and one day uh the producers admo and allison both joined my server and i'm like oh what's up guys you know <laughs> <laughs> uh and they one day said hey uh we got a server uh that you might be interested in so i joined and that is what jill synth is so i joined it pretty early um although i wouldn't say i'm i'm the original founders or any uh, not i'm not among the original founders or anything but i did join pretty early. And um, eventually we um, noticed that uh, Electronic Gems was trying to start his server for Discord, and he decided that he was going to sort of uh, partner with us to make us his Discord. So that's when it blew up, you know, um, and that's where the community kind of really got its roots is it's Electronic Gems music, it's chill um and that's where most of the people came from. Uh, eventually that connection kind of got severed because it became confusing um, because it's not really the electronic gem server, it's Synth, it's its own thing now. So it got kind of confusing And that, that kind of connection was uh, broken off at some point, but we had momentum, so it didn't matter. And people still look for us coming from that side of the uh, YouTube space um, and eventually, Um, I was active enough in helping around and I got asked to be a moderator. And then shortly after I got asked to be the admin and Admo had uh, some things going on in his life. He wasn't able to attend to the server as well as he could before. So that was kind of the moment. I think it was in 2019 when he really gave up the reins. And that's when I kind of took things over for him. And then eventually, I think it was a little over a year ago that he just kind of give up the last of what he was uh, what he had there as gave me owner of it. I, I still, he's still part of the community. He's very inactive, but uh, we welcome his opinion anytime. Um, Excuse me there. Just taking a sip of water. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, it's been a really interesting experience. I've, I've kind of, me and um, some of the other moderators and founders, Kind of came up with some ideas for the server to push it forward, like uh, producer competitions or feedback streams. And that's kind of something we try to do, but aren't, I'll be honest, not super well at the moment. It's uh, not as often as I'd like, but um, we have grown really quickly. And I think um, last year we became partnered with Discord. So that was really great. I think that helped our numbers.
1: The, the whole discord thing is really it's so fascinating um these communities that are that are built inside of the uh, of discord and how it's an i can't i just can't <laughs> keep track of all that stuff um I'm in Knight Ride Fm's discord and I lose conversation threads like if you look away for like one minute it's you lose the thread it feels like and having to scroll through it's so active. And then you guys are you're hooked up with Nightride FM as well. Um, so like it's this thing that's like building and it keeps building, and it's like the amount of people on those servers, it's really impressive. Um and really active. That's the one thing that I am so impressed by is just the the interaction. That's what you want. It, if you hope to start a community, you want people to be really engaged in it. And I think with the Chill Synth and Uh, community like it's it's really impressive um, how much people engage with that that server and and network and communicate and chat and it seems like when i go in you're really seeing like real life happening on the screen you know what i mean like just regular living life people interacting it's so it's so cool and then you can drop in and be a part of that if you so choose
0: yeah that's a a really great way to describe it it's um you know at first you you know if you're new to discord it's just kind of a fast chat you know hard to keep track but uh, yeah it's it gets really deep and the the connections between people get really strong and uh it's one of the most tight-knit communities i've been a part of um and even as it has grown bigger it's been i'd say retaining that A sense of closeness really well um and yeah nightride fm is a great server too it's it's a biz i would say it's busier than chill synth often yeah um but z uh who runs it really great guy and a great partner yeah he's um you know z has been one of
1: our big um supporters from the very beginning before we're even the paradise arcade when we were our other show um and he was really pushing us to get involved and be um, active on that server and be part of their channel. And, and so like, I'm, you know, really thankful to Z and he's a really great guy, a great partner and, you know, really supportive. So it's, it's good to have him in your corner uh, when you're building these uh, communities and these things.
0: Yeah. I really can't underestimate what he's been doing. I mean, the, um, the radios are huge. And, uh, I was really grateful to work with them to make chill synth radio, uh, a thing. Um, and thanks to, of course, the people that did help with that, uh, Hannah, I think helped with that a lot and Dave also Dave Z. So that was a really great endeavor on their part. Um, and it really helped expose uh, a lot of the artists in our community and get, get them more recognition, um, and. He's still working on more radios. I think uh, at the moment we're working on a data wave radio. So that's going to be coming together at some point.
1: It, you sent me the Spotify playlist for data wave and it's, it's mostly com trues with a few sprinkled other artists in there. Um Have you seen more of an uptick lately in data wave? Obviously it's enough to, to designate a genre about it, but um have you seen that growing?
0: It's certainly very, very a very small genre, and really only recently people have started calling it that within chill synth. Um, but I see, um, you know, I was just talking to another artist um, recently by the name of Midnight Out, and he wanted to release a datawave album album uh, with Polycore, and that's first time the public heard that. So there we go. Um, <laughs> we'll be announcing that somewhere. Uh, down the line but um he actually um uh, yeah so he's really into the genre so that that was cool to see um i think one of the the moderators in chill synth was very intrigued by it and uh, was interested in making it i'm not sure where he is on that journey but i see that people are taking interest um in that and and there's certainly also different angles to take on the genre cuz i think i i didn't stick super close to the true style necessarily but I did try to st- sort of get the vibe um I think there's different angles that I uh, that that could be taken with it
1: that's for sure I and I've had this conversation with a few other you know both Comtrues themselves and some of the other up and coming data wave memorax memories I think uh, oh I can't believe I forgot him. <laughs> yeah. Shame on you. I was waiting for you to bring Sean up. Um, you know, obviously In Motion 2, I think, really solidifies DataWave as a as a thing, and a thing itself. Um, but what it reminds me of is um Aphex Twin and Square Pusher and the in the uh, IDM guys from Warp, um, with the sort of the glitchy drums and the, the glitched out um tunes a bit like it reminds me of that and uh, you know people that want to listen in a conversation about how it's influenced say X memories please listen to that episode he goes pretty in depth about how um apex twin really inspired him um and so it's interesting that through line like com trues obviously is sort of maybe the the focal point but I, i see it going further back than than seth
0: I, yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I, um, in motion too. honestly, probably one of the best EPs in the community of the year. I'm just gonna make the call right now. Um, (laughs) uh, I was, I was really blown away by that and yeah, he's taking that angle of IDM. He's, he's getting some ID good IDM in there. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm a fan of Aphex twin. So I really do see the quality in it. And, um, it's, it's, well, yeah, it's really one of the most interesting angles. And I think uh, what really was great is, um, you know, it was it was recognized, um, I think, by, by Stratford or Memorex um, as DataWave. I think that's one of the tags on Bandcamp. Yeah, I thought that was really cool to see. Um, and I think that's totally a a totally like a legit way to encapsulate DataWave. I thought, well, the stuff that's in the playlist already, bef- you know, not taking into that, not not taking into account that EP is a little bit more subdued, and that one really just takes it full force. You know, there's the um, sort of the, those robotic voices in there and glitches everywhere. It's, I think that's I think that could be the direction it's heading into, and I I hope Sean explores that more.
1: Yeah, I'm curious what where he goes with it. I know that he was pretty tired after fi- wrapping up in motion too but I do believe he's working on new things already um but y- you're right and just his the through line of his music from you know Pictures of Purple Skies all the way through like if, he's clearly on a journey and it's getting he's getting more experimental more finding I think more his own voice and being confident in that and it's producing some really interesting and compelling music i really love in motion too it's one of my favorite and of course it's march so to say it's my favorite release of the year isn't necessarily saying
2: very much right now but it's a very strong or is it saying something like (laughs) it doesn't matter what comes out after this right now that's going to be the best thing yeah it's very compelling i really really um it's a
1: solid listen all the way through like you can listen to every single track and i love the fact that he didn't try to fatten it and make it an album he kept it tight as an ep
0: and it's really strong yeah definitely um he definitely it's just jam-packed full of quality there's not there's no dull moment on that ep and uh another thing i did notice is is along his journey he you know did explore different sides of music i mean Pictures of Purple Skies is, of course, chill synth, and I hear a lot of house in there as well. Um, and, uh, the life of Riley takes a different approach. It's, it's kind of more indie. There's some guitars in there and in motion too, of course, is taking that, I guess what we call now data wave route. Um, and it would be cool to hear more of that from him, but who knows, he could be um, experimenting with something completely different next.
1: Yeah. I. I'm sure it's going to be compelling no matter what he does in it, and I like, I really liked the difference between the life of Riley and In Motion too. Um, you could see it, you could see some of the things that he did in the life of Riley carry through into In Motion again, really leaning more into like that glitch and doing some really interesting things, but then he just turned it on its ear and went full on data wave. It's interesting how like that's it's a, a thing that's unfolding right in front of us and like that's the first album but, like yes it's that that is data wave,
0: mm-hmm. yeah there's no question about it,
1: <laughs> and so, you know you're you're wrapped really thoroughly in the community aspect, um, you're you're doing the the record label you're working on distribution man that's that's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of stuff to keep track of. And then, you know, you did the curation for decay too. How, how did that come about?
0: Oh uh, yeah. Um, that, that was really a surprise to me. Um, you know, one day, I think it was just about three years ago. Um, you know, his manager uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, um, we'd like you to curate, you know, uh the next Comtruce album, um because you know you are the what they called the number one or the what do they call it the premier archivist of his music. And I thought, wow, that's <laughs> really, really great to hear. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah I, I didn't think of myself like that, but I, I was really um uh, humbled by that. It's a, um, a really fancy title to have. right. Did <laughs> you put that on um, job application? <laughs> oh yeah i had to yeah right i had to give him my social security number and everything <laughs> no no um yeah that was it was just a little you know side thing i guess um you know through email um he wanted to do um something like of course his first album in decay was just a compilation of some stuff that he's made before and just had had to have a place for it And so that was kind of the same thing with this and, you know, they've, they, they were watching my channel for a little bit before they reached out. I noticed that on Twitter, I think the year prior that, uh, Seth tweeted out a couple of my uploads. I mean, I thought that was kind of cool, so I didn't think it would turn into that, but, um, yeah, I guess they, they saw that I was keeping track of some of the stuff that got lost um, over time. And they wanted me to come up with a list of those tracks that would go on that, uh, album. How do you even start? Yeah. Did you have anything in mind right away or did you just kind of have to dig deep? I did have some in mind right away, but I did also, I was also thorough about it. I, I was thinking, hmm, what should, what would be the perfect set list? you know, within their constraints? Um, and I had, I think, at that point, I already had a playlist of of that stuff that was um, off catalog, unreleased. So I was kind of looking through there and and picking and pulling and uh, coming up with what I thought would be the best album. Um, and not everything was, uh, I will say, not everything was was uh, exactly what I I said, but it was mostly that. I think he put in. A couple of like buffer tracks, intro and outro, in that album to make it more complete. And uh, but mo- the really what's in the middle is is what I suggested. Um, and I was kind of like putting them together in in different orders and thinking, hmm, this track before this one does that sound good? Uh, ooh, this one could lead into that track. That would sound really great. You know, I was kind of putting it together and kind of listening to it and seeing what would what flows the best. Yeah, that was going to be one of my follow-up questions
2: was uh, in regards to track order.
0: Yeah, the the track order was definitely... um, uh, I I definitely made that um, on purpose and I wasn't just throwing things together.
1: And so now I heard from somebody that Seth went back and found all of those old files and then revamp them all for the release.
0: That is correct. Yes, he did that and I'm I can't imagine how much time that would have taken cuz some of those go back to I think probably 2010, the earliest of the works in his alias. So I thought that was great. I mean, it's you know, not not to just take the maybe the MP3 files that exist, but actually get the project files and make the renew them for the album was really a, a good move. I heard he said he would never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I I don't blame him
1: for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and so I just wanted a confirmation. I heard it secondhand. Um, I trust the person that told me because he said he he heard it directly from Seth. But I just wanted a confirmation of that because you get into when we did the episode for Galactic Melt, um, he was talking about. Um, the different versions of the programs so you know he made galactic melt on an early version of reason and if you opened up modern day reason and then reopened up those files you could not get the same song they would sound completely different because all of the things have changed all the hardware emulations all the the things would have changed so you couldn't physically make that album again so i can't imagine opening up a project file from 2010 even in 2018 or 2019, when he potentially opened this stuff up and then tried to to revamp it, um, that's just a herculean effort to try and, and make that work.
0: Yeah, that's that is definitely huge. Um, he must have had to maybe dust off an old computer and reinstall it, or he 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 must have spent a lot of hours trying to get every, get the environment as perfectly matched as it was when those were made. And he did all of this instead of making another record. <laughs> a new one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I suppose he did. I mean, Persuasion System did come out, um, I think, after we talked, but that was, probably, that was probably produced before he started working on that. But yeah, there, I noticed there was a big gap between uh, when we were talking and, and discussing those details and when it actually came out. And I was thinking, wow, he must be you know pretty busy um with that or plenty probably plenty of other things going on in his life um and of course covid was hitting somewhere yeah. in there
1: yeah that's really i i just i want to sit back and bask in that thought a little bit cuz it's it's really it's cool that you you chose tracks and someone went back through and redid those tracks that you suggested out of all of the things
2: I wonder if he was thinking, like, I really hope he doesn't
0: pick track X because of
2: that <laughs> exact reason.
0: I think one of the track, yeah, I think one of the tracks, I, I, I think a couple did not make it on, and that's totally fair. Um, maybe it were for sample or copyright reasons or something else. But um, I have to say, he did a great job at putting that together and renewing all the tracks.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. That and so
0: you've been involved in
1: really, really cool. Cool things, and you continue to be uh, involved, and you know the the growth um, that you're seeing, just be the natural interest. I think that is um, it's really awesome, and um, I'm curious what that what Polycora is gonna do, and you know the like that leap maybe to some other formats and things like that that does for you. Because um, I like what you're doing. Um I think it's really interesting and it's a needed space um for artists that as you say that don't necessarily fit into certain things but you have done a really good job of curating I think and that's the important thing I think you know you think about classic record labels and you're a lot you're way way younger than either Kylie but when we were growing up um you wanted to find new music <laughs> You had to you you got into a record label, right? You like I like this record label. I'm probably gonna buy this artist because there's no Spotify, there was no Napster, there wasn't any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they weren't playing on the radio, so you had to take a leap of faith to you had to go buy the CD, and they were like twenty dollars a piece. So you're like I like this record label. They're producing some stuff that I like, so I'm gonna buy more of that record label. And you're kind of doing the same thing where you're putting your stamp of approval on artists to say these are cool if you like this other stuff that i do then this is you're also going to like this
0: right yeah um that that is another one of the uh main purposes of of it is just to take a you know aggregate uh some of the music and artists that are really underground but are really really putting out high quality stuff together and um hopefully we we grow together and become, you know, maybe have a shred of success together.
1: <laughs> have you thought about doing like um, a vinyl compilation album or or a cassette compilation album of kind of like the the best of in your mind that really explores maybe say Data Wave?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely have thought about doing sort of like those co- yeah compilations. I think Stratford does something called secret selection which i thought was really cool and innovative for a record label um and i i'm not trying to rip them off or anything but um rip them I off thought... go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i thought i thought that was interesting i mean i did have a uh, write a compilation for uh, the five-year anniversary last year um and that went pretty smoothly um but i think yeah in the future it totally could be something to think about. Um, it's on the, t- it's on the table for sure. Just saying you, you make those and you can
1: maybe ship them our way and we'll hand them out at concerts. Ooh, that's a great idea.
0: I'll take, th- I'll t- I'll, I might take you up on that offer.
1: I got plenty of ideas. I'm not necessarily going to do any of the labor, but I'll give you plenty <laughs> of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So that's really, I, cause I'm thinking about like everything that you're doing and I I just instantly thought of like, well, you're curating cool, you're curating something that you're really passionate about, and how do you kind of distill that? How do you explain it to somebody? It, again, it's just like, tell me what Synthwave is. Well, here's a compilation of everything I think encapsulates this thing. Here it is. And people like physical stuff. And, you know, there's other record labels. You know, you obviously talked about um, Stratford with Siegert, uh selections, but also like um Electric Dreams does a comp Electric Dream Records does a compilation so does Time Slave so does um, ah, there's one more in there I think EPR is going to release a compilation and kind of like really show this is who we are this is what we're about this is you're going to buy from our label or Sparta label these are they this is the vibe that you're going to get
0: Yeah um that totally yeah, I I see the I definitely see the value in that. Um, and of course, I could also pull from the community, the wider community, if I don't think I have enough, of to not enough to make a compilation. Um,
1: I think you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I probably will be. But yeah, I'll. I'll th- it's definitely something to think about for sure.
1: Yeah, that's really, it's really, um, it's cool. So I mean, what other? You got, really got into comtrues. And that's that was your first like reintroduction or thing that got you hooked into electronic music and then synthwave. Who in your mind today is um also really doing a great job that you're really com- um drawn to other than Com Hmm That's
0: a great question. Um I have to say um, Memorex Memories is is a great pick for that. The answer to that question. Um, I'm pretty drawn to his journey and his music. Um, I think. Clyde Shelton, you know, who's on my label, is also doing some really cool stuff. Um, although it's not, it, it is in the same vein of Comtrues. Um, but I think a lot of people get hooked on his stuff because he just really just throws everything at it, all the tropes of. Datawave wave and com truce he just kind of throws all of it in there and you just get a face full of what you really want <laughs> that's how i would describe his music awesome um yeah that's really
1: i'm gonna have to i haven't checked his music i'm very familiar with memorex memories obviously um and so what's next for for your record label are you gearing up to do some more releases um is there anything kind of special that you're cooking behind the scenes.
0: Um let's see. I think we got 3 at least 3 confirmed releases this year so far uh all albums. So that's that's really nice. Um there may be more, you know, it's I have no idea. Sometimes there's, you know, an artist comes to me and they're like, "Hey, you know, and I'm I'm thinking, "Oh, I could fit this in over here." So, 3 confirmed releases at least for this year. Um and one of them uh, is from the producer of Midnight Drift um, who's kind of he's, he's not uh, doing something super similar to the other stuff that I put out but he's really he's really really uh, a, how would I how would I describe him um, he's I don't know he's, he's young and he's a great producer already so um, he's really doing amazing stuff with kind of like synthwave and pop also and indie, he he fuses he fuses a lot of things together, and uh, I think we're planning a sort of a lyric video at least for that. Maybe a music video. I'm not sure.
1: So you got stuff moving. You got a lot of things in development.
2: Yeah, you've got a lot of things cooking, and I feel exhausted hears about it and, and I'm not the one doing any of it I mean you've got so much going on right now uh, do you ever feel like you need to stave off the burnout or you just keep you're just chugging
0: along Um, honestly yeah honestly sometimes sometimes I do feel like I need a break but really um, I mean I really I've just kind of been on this for the past two years just kind of making it uh, making it a thing making it happen um, yeah, I'll admit it's a lot of work for sure. It's, uh, it takes a lot of energy away, but, uh, really, it also gives me energy, you know, cause I'm really passionate about it. Um, something to do with my free time, I guess.
1: <laughs> True that that's really, you know, again, I admire that, uh, it's important and it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of labor and it, it's interesting, um, you had to basically, get the ball rolling, starting the momentum. And that takes a huge amount of effort. And then you, it gets rolling and it get, builds more momentum and you, you do a little bit less, but then you want to have it grow, so you got to put more energy into it. Um, and you've obviously had uh, help, because it's a communal effort, but still, you know, to spearhead and have that vision, it's really, it's really cool and really, you know, again, I just want to say thank you for what you do in the, in the community and your passion about it. And it fills a really important spot in the, the music and for the artists that fit into what you're doing. So it's, it's really cool. I appreciate what you're doing. It's um, it's special.
2: I, I, I'll definitely say that you helped me with my burnout because I feel like I I've been kind of in a bad situation and it doesn't help because it's just like, there's so much music coming out so much stuff to keep up with. Yeah that I had to take a step back. Like, I needed to just for myself. I don't have a lot going on <laughs> <laughs> or anything, uh, but but I did feel feel the burnout and had to step back, and I know that hurts with having this kind of show when we want to talk about music, and I'm missing out on some of this stuff, but uh, being able to, uh, for me, discover Demon. That got me back into it. Like, here's an artist that, that I can really get excited about. Here's something to get me back in it. So, thanks for helping me in that regard with my burnout.
0: Oh man, I'm just glad to be part of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That people, the what people don't know in the background of the lead up into the demo interview is, um, as we were discovering who he was, and it was like this. Is he calm trues? Is he secretly calm trues? <laughs> that was really fun having those conversations on the internet with, with the, the people in the community because he's so secretive. Um, and not by any militia or anything like that. He's just, he's shy boy.
2: Me too. Y- yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can say the same for myself also, but, you know, I'm. You know, as a consequence of doing all this, I, I am out there. <laughs> yeah, you got you kind of put yourself uh, in a
1: awkward spot if you want to be anonymous. Right. Sorry. <laughs> 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 well, Nick, I really appreciate you coming on to the show today, um, and talking with us, uh, with everything you're doing and your story, and you know, it's really exciting. Um, I've seen. What you've been doing, growing, I've seen data wave take off. I've seen a lot of those things build momentum. So you're doing it. You're doing something right. So that's really awesome. Um, so hopefully we, we get to see you continue to do that. Kyle, do you have anything else?
2: I just kind of had a thought going off of something that you were talking about earlier. Sure. I mean, this is it doesn't require a response by either one of you, but just an observation. Uh, You were talking about when we were kids, because we're ancient (laughs) and, you know, finding new music. And I was just thinking about uh, the curation process. It's like there wasn't as many choices out there. Somebody had to curate the, the few options available and we had to listen to this. And now we're at the point where there's so many options available that we need someone to curate
1: yeah.
2: the infinite options that there are and help out. So it was just a weird observation about how it's gone to the two extremes at this point now. Right.
0: Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, takes a lot more work to boil it down to something that you're looking for. For sure. I would imagine that as you've progressed and as you've grown um, your access to
1: things that are within the realm of what you're trying to find is maybe easier because maybe people are presenting it to you now instead of you slogging through things, MP3 files or YouTube channels or Spotify playlists. It, it, I mean, are things... I guess my question is, is it getting easier for you?
0: Because are you getting exposed, people bringing things to your attention now? Um, I have to say it's not necessarily easier. I, I would say it's overall easier, but I've had to um, kind of cut off the whole... Um, submissions thing recently because it's just too much I don't have the time to look through everything that people submit me for the channel and I'm just trying to focus more on the label at this point but uh, the difference now versus back then is certainly that um, I've made more connections and there are people on discord especially that uh, um, make music and uh, in the feedback streams I hear some of that and I think that's a that, that's been more valuable. I'm um, just kind of hearing people progress in there. And um, that's, that's where I can find some new music that I think is, you know, it's easier because it's kind of already boiled down and it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of work when you got, you know, a bunch, bunches of submissions coming into your inbox um, and you just don't have time to look through it. And if you do go, go look through it, it's, um, you're like, oh, this is this is not bad. This is not bad. But you know, you're really looking for something very, you know, unique or captures your attention. And I think that's still, um, that's still a task these days. That's mm-hmm.
1: why we don't do it at all. We don't play <laughs> music. you don't fuck around in any of that shit because I, I don't have the the time with the projects and personal life and the attention span to listen to all of that. And people try to submit stuff to us all the time. Like we're not, not a radio show. We don't play music. So. Well, could you listen to it? If I have time. Um, I rely on, on people that I trust friends who are active in the community that kind of know, already know my tastes and things that I really like. And they're like, Hey, you need to fucking check it. Like, and it's mostly Kyle. (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's that nice of you to say that you trust me
1: yeah i mean you turned me on to demon and and truthfully you turned me on to calm Truths. so there you go full circle the uroboros is complete <laughs> all right well i appreciate your time nick um you know it's been a great conversation um until next this is eric and this is kyle uh, and yeah. this is Dan. thanks Dan. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Paradise, I can